You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in your ear hole, live from Bristol, Connecticut. The campus of ESPN will be here till, well, Thursday, late night, early morning, Friday, whatever you want to call it. Get back on that bird, head to Las Vegas, and be a Buffalo Wild Wings South Outlets uh, for this show from 2 to 5 p.m. So we're moving fast. We're going quick, fast, and hurry is like what I like to say around here, and we're going to have a good show. Excited to bring you the next three hours. Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down, and of course we got a lot to get to on today's show, and a lot of it will have to do with you, Raider Nation. A lot will be your calls and texts. Strap that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. want to make sure we open it up like some old-school TV antennas, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69 69- 187 keyword R&R. We'll jump right into it, jump into the guest that we have coming up on the show. We're expecting to have Zach Stevens, Broncos beat reporter of DNVR.com. He's supposed to join us at 210, but as of about five minutes ago, he was still speaking with Sean Payton. So uh, we're not going to ask him to get away from talking to the head coach of the Denver Broncos as they're preparing for the Raiders this upcoming Sunday. But as soon as he's able to join us, he'll give us a signal and we'll get him on the show to kind of give us our first preview of what's going on with the Denver Broncos. And one note that I saw from Zach while he's out there at Denver Bronco practice is that Jerry Judy was out there in in, uh, pads and uh, practicing, not fully practicing, but practicing. So maybe there's a shot that Jerry Judy is a full participant on Sunday, but we'll get all things Broncos from Zach Stevens. We'll do this multiple times throughout the course of the week as we want to ramp up to this game coming up on Sunday. Zach Stevens, Bronco beat reporter, DMVR.com, joins us at 2.10, 2.15, something around that. Coming up at 3 o'clock, our good friend Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. She'll join us to talk all things NFL. We'll lead off with Nick Bosa and the massive contract extension that he just signed. And I know right now guys like Micah Parsons in Dallas is thinking, okay, Nice big money right there. We like that. And guys like Chan- uh, not Chandler Jones, uh, guys like Chris Jones, excuse me, from the Kansas City Chiefs, they're thinking, okay, cool, big money. That's exactly what we want to see. So a big, massive contract that uh, Nick Bosa agreed to. I don't know if that means that he's going to be available coming up this week for the 49ers, but they're not worried about that. They were worried about getting him in, in camp getting or getting him into to the team and getting him signed, sealed, and delivered, and that is what he is. A five-year, $170 million extension, $122.5 million guaranteed, and by a lot, a whole lot, makes him the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. And it's funny to just go ahead and say that because you know at some point that's going to be surpassed by somebody. I mentioned a couple names that could be in the running for that, like a Michael Parsons, like a Chris Jones in Kansas City, or somebody else will come along, right? There will be someone else that uh, is a big-time defensive player, and they'll get a big-time contract. That's just how these things work. So uh, shouts out to Nick Bosa. He got the bag that he was looking for, he was holding out for, and he was willing to, well, not show up at all until he got it. And eventually you knew the 49ers were going to sure, make sure that that happens. That's one of their key players on that defense right there. So Nick Bosa, he is all good to go. Uh, let's see. 
I think Zach's going to join us at 2.30. It's just a little on-the-fly on the uh, production as we do this right now. He just hit me up and uh, said that he can do it in the next segment just because he's wrapping up that. So I mentioned Zach Stevens at, uh, at 2.10. He's going to join us at 2.30. So a little bit of a, a schedule, you know, a little programming note there off top. But Shereen Williams will still join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. At 3.30, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, our good friend, will join us to talk all things silver and black. And right now the Raiders are have an open locker room. Vinny Bonsignor has already sent us over a couple different uh, interviews from the locker room, little media sessions with one with Nate Hobbs and then also one with rookie Tyree Wilson for the Raiders. So uh, at some point throughout the course of the show, we'll get that uh, locker room sound on. Again, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor, we definitely appreciate him uh, sending sending that over to us. We definitely appreciate it, and uh, we'll get that on the show. But uh, Vic Tafer will join the show from The Athletic to talk all things silver and black. And, of course, we'll be talking about Chandler Jones. And the latest and the greatest when it comes to him, we'll be talking about what's going on with the team as they prepare to take off and, and head to Denver for the first game of the season, what he's seeing, what he saw from practice today, who's out there, who's not out there. I saw a note that Hunter Renfro was out there practicing, so that's a good thing. But I want to get you know a little update on Ja'Korian Bennett. How's he doing? Haven't seen him for a while, so I want to see if he was out there and just what Vic's thoughts are on this uh, you know season opener with Denver coming up on Sunday. So that'll be at 3.30 and then at 4 o'clock, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us each and every Wednesday to talk all things UNLV. Came up with a big victory, a blowout victory, blowout fashion over Bryan on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, we'll talk to her about UNLV. We'll talk to her about the Aces as they have a couple more games left in the regular season, both against the Phoenix Mercury. And if they win both games or... Uh, they win a game and the New York Liberty lose a game, then they're going to get the number one seed going into the playoffs. And that's something that I think is going to be very critical if the Aces want to go ahead and repeat as a WNBA champion. So Paloma Villacana will join us at 4 o'clock. And then coming up around 4.30, we'll have reason or excuse. My man Ari will take over the wheels of steel and hit us with some topics. We'll decide reason or excuse. We've got winning on the way. And, of course, as mentioned before, we'll have open lines. So uh, 702-365-9200. We want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. And, of course, the dobybroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. And on top of that, almost forgot, head coach Josh McDaniels talked to the media earlier today. And, of course, he got peppered with a bunch of questions about Chandler Jones. So we'll hear some thoughts from head coach Josh McDaniels as well in the course of the next three hours. So as you could tell, we have a loaded show for you. We're going to get right into it. Again, we're being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate them. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So as we jump into the opening drive, I see we already have a patient caller from the 916. So before we even throw any topics out there, let's go ahead and go out to the Sacramento, California, talk to our guy, Raider Greg. Raider Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q, man? Good to chilling, talk chilling, you. you all right? Yeah, all good. Just got back from Colorado, man, out of enemy territory, man. Raiders, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, you know, just commenting on all the things that's going on right now. I think, you know, just like I called in on JT early and said the same thing where it's like, you know, this is family business that we're dealing with right now when it comes to what's going on with Chandler Jones. And I, I just like the professionalism of the, organiz- of the organization right now. You know, before in the past, they don't, they don't buy into the drama. So it's like whatever's going in, they're keeping it in-house. And this is Bronco week, too, at the same time. You know, this is, this is game one. So we got to come ready to play. You know, we, whatever's going on with theirs, it's next for Malcolm Kuntz and, and, uh, and, and Tyree Wilson. We need these guys to step up. This is the time to do it. 
you know, we're going to hope the best for them, but, you know, we're not going to get into those personal things, but we got to come out and dominate. We can't let no issues or nothing stop us from the goal of being 1-0 after Sunday. Yeah, and thank you for the call. Good stuff. And, and, and I could appreciate that call, and the reason I could appreciate that call is because yesterday when the Chandler, news, Chandler Jones news broke and we came on the airwaves, people came in hot. People came in furious. People were angry at the organization, angry at the player, angry at a whole lot of everything. And I remember specifically saying, whoa there, slow your roll. This doesn't seem like a normal type situation. Let's pump the brakes a little and find out what's going on. Clearly, there's something really major going on. And that's, again, that's why I was very cautious when talking about it yesterday, because again, it just did not seem like a situation that was one very Chandler Jones like, and it did not seem like a situation where it was, I don't agree with the way that the coach is coaching me up. I don't like the way that the team has done this, that, the other. It just didn't seem like that was it. But the first knee jerk reaction that we received yesterday, and I mean, we caught it hot, right? I mean, my ear is still burning a little bit from the heat that we got was that it's scorched earth and the ownership's terrible and the coaching staff is terrible and the GM's terrible and it's all their fault and burn the thing down. And you got to sometimes just slow our roll a little bit, throw a little bit of cold water on it and say, you know what, let me go ahead and take a, a look back at this situation before I really go scorched earth on it. So I'm glad that there feels like uh, Raider Nation has calmed down and there's a little bit of clarity on the situation. Uh, and still we don't know what's going on, but we could tell that it's definitely more it's interesting, not interesting, more serious, right? Obviously it's interesting, but it's more serious than, you know, maybe a lot of people expected early on. As a matter of fact, head coach Josh McDaniels talked to the media, and of course that was the first thing that Vinny Bonsignor peppered him with. I know Paul Gutierrez hit him with that. Vic Tafer, who we'll talk to coming up at 3.30, hit him up with the Chandler Jones situation. So here's Coach McDaniels earlier today talking about if there's any resolutions with the Chandler Jones situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to talk about the, you know, that's kind of a personal situation and um, as a, you know, we, we've never really gone into, you know, those kind of things. So I'm going to steer away from that. Um, you know, it's a private matter. And, um, you know, you know, if there's something to report on it, then, you know, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, as of right now, no. <clears throat> there's nothing to report. There's nothing to talk about. No, I, I don't, you know, right now we're going day to day. So, um, you know, he, he, he's not going to be here today. So we'll, we'll kind of take it one day at a time. So there, I mean, you could tell with the way that Coach McDaniels cut off Vinny and kind of, uh, you know, re reiterated that we're not going to talk about it. It's a personal issue and this, that, and the other. You could tell that it's serious. And even if you're watching, and I'm, as I'm here in Bristol, I'm watching on the YouTube, uh, watching on the stream as it's going on, the look in Coach McDaniels' face, there's very rarely he looks as upset as he looked. And, and so you could tell that this is not a situation that anybody's happy with. So, you know, again, personal situations are personal situations. I think each and every one of us could look in the mirror and, and realize that we've all had personal situations where we probably weren't at our best. And who knows what the outcome was, whether it was our fault or someone else's fault. But it was not a good time for us. Clearly, there's some, there's some serious-ish going on uh, between Chandler Jones and the Raiders, and hopefully everybody comes out of it okay, right? That's all I care about at the end of the day. I'm not worried about Chandler Jones, the football player, at all. doesn't bother me one bit at all. I'm worried about Chandler Jones, the person, the man, the father, the son, the human, right? And this is something that I tried to reiterate yesterday, and a couple people, you know, fired up on me, and that's okay. You can do that. That's what I'm here for. But a lot of times we have to stop looking at everyone as just a football player or just a basketball player or just some big-time athlete and realize that these people go through issues just like me and you go through. And 
I sometimes go through stuff, and sometimes it takes other people to point it out to me. I know personally I've gone through some things that I didn't even know I was going through until someone pointed out, like, hey, man, everything's going good, but I'm kind of concerned about you. Are you all right? And then at that moment, when you actually hear that from someone else that you know has your best interest at heart, you're like, whoa, okay, hold on. Maybe I need to take a step back and, and take a double take. Sometimes that's what's going on. So, again, I don't want to try to speculate and deep dive into the situation, but clearly, as you could tell from Coach McDaniels and everything that rolled out yesterday, there's definitely something going on that's pretty serious, and I'm sure that we'll hear some kind of resolution about it sooner rather than later. So one of the questions that I believe is a very important question when it comes to the Chandler Jones situation, is there any concern if it's going to affect the locker room? Because he's a guy that's very much loved in that locker room. All the players have talked about how much he means to them. So is this situation going to affect them? Look, there's, there's a lot of things that go on every week, you know, every every week in a football organization. You just, you know, try to do the best you can to get your team ready to play. And um, we all have different roles to play, and there's decisions that, that are made. And, um, you know, you try to do the best thing for the team. That's it. I mean, I don't know anything else that would be better than that. Try to make uh, the right decisions in every way, shape, or form you can to help your team be successful. So um, that's what we've tried to do since we've been here, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So I believe that was concern on Chandler Jones' uh, situation affecting the locker room. Not 100% sure. There was a little bit of mix-up there. But either way, you could tell that it's a pretty serious situation. So we'll get back to some more sound a little bit later. We'll get these things squared away. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Gangster Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. I want to make a correction because earlier on JT's show, I made a prediction, a score prediction. I said 45-3. I meant 45-9 um, for um, – that's what I want to start off with. But something I've been wanting to say for weeks about how they've been devaluing a running back. Um, they got to remember that the running back, not only does he touch the ball almost more than anybody, even the quarterback, almost with every play, but he's also the last line of protection for the million-dollar baby, the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? When it's that blitz coming and – Aaron Donald or who just got paid, Nick Bosa coming and finna wipe yep. out the quarterback, who got to step up and deliver that block? It's the running back. So what if running backs started making business decisions in those situations? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I know it's not right, but you got to think about that. If you're trying to devalue the running back situation, you're putting your quarterback at risk because you might have a lesser player in there who might not be willing as willing to block as a Josh Jacobs or somebody else is known for blocking and picking up the blitz. You know what I'm saying? So you need to think about that. And um, what if the running backs got together and so-called colluded and said they was going to make business decisions at, at times like that? That would hurt the game. You know what I mean? So you need to think about that when you try to devalue the quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. Gangster Raider, I'm out. Hey, good call. I appreciate you. You know, the funny thing about it is you mentioned Josh Jacobs and his blocking. He's – one of the elite blockers, right? And there's certain running backs that aren't very good at that. So, you know, to your point, you know, they do go through a lot more than just carrying the rock. They do do a lot more than catching the ball in the backfield and trying to score touchdowns. They do protect that quarterback that you mentioned. Now, I don't know how much that's going to help increase their value, but it's not something that you're wrong about. You're absolutely right. I mean, the running back does a lot of work, and that's why you'll see some running backs have to be taken off the field on third down when it's an obvious passing down because they're not able to do the, the blitz pickup or, or protect the quarterback, be the last line of defense, as you mentioned. So that's, that's a really good point. As I mentioned, I don't know how much that that would change the value of what you know, organizations give them, 
but I think that that's a very valid point. And I guarantee you one thing. I know one one position that would agree with you how important they are. That's that damn quarterback, right? Instead of that quarterback getting drilled by a Bosa or a Max Crosby or a Aaron Donald or a Chris Jones or insert whoever you want to, Micah Parsons, there could be a, a running back that be is, is that last line of defense. Now, like I said, all running backs aren't created equal. They don't all block the same. But the ones that are really good at it, like a Derrick Henry, like a Josh Jacobs, like a Saquon Barkley, you know, Zeke Elliott when he was, you know, really running that rock and doing a hell of a job, those ones – are the ones that, like you said, could be that last line of defense for a quarterback. Here's one little note. We're going to be talking to Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk coming up at 3 o'clock. Here's a note that I just saw. Saints rookie quarterback Jake Hayner from Fresno State has been suspended for the first six games of the season for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. That's from Field Yates from ESPN. That's a kind of interesting little nugget right there. It's very rare that you see a rookie quarterback on top of that Season hasn't even started, and he's already suspended six games for uh, you know performance-enhancing substances. That's interesting. I really want to see and find out the details on that, right? I mean, it feels like there's got to be more to that than just oh, hey, I decided I was going to put some steroids in my body or something to to you know heal up. Or it just it just seems strange. Again, a rookie quarterback, you very rarely hear. Uh, something like that. So uh, we'll ask Serene if she's ever heard that and if she has any kind of intel on that coming up at 3 o'clock when we talk to her again. Zach Stevens from DNVR.com talking all things Broncos is going to join us at 2.30. He had to push back just a few minutes as he was talking to head coach Sean Payton. So kind of got the show off to a wonky start as we were trying to do on the on the air producing at the same time, do a show and uh, produce at the same time. But, you know, that's how we do. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Q? Hey, man, you know, about the, the positions, man, all the, all my life, girl, the running back was like the number two position next to the quarterback. So what, without a good running back, you, your quarterback is stuck stranded on an island somewhere. But I just don't understand why all these play. What every position is important, Q. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, they're all, every one is just as important as the next one. So I, I don't know why there's got to be such a big difference in pay, man. They're all out there getting beat up. They're all out there putting their hearts on the line, their lives, everything. So, I don't know, maybe someday we won't have to worry about all these, this guy, this, this guy, this, this, this. Just pay the man for how he plays. That's the way I look at it. But but, but back to yesterday, Q, as I was saying about, you know, everything like Josh said it today, you know, we're not going to get into family, yada, yada, but it's just another thing that we don't need going into week one. So, again, Q, Let's just hope these guys, everyone knows what's going on in that locker room. Let's just hope this ain't a confusion for week one because it's going to be real ugly if we can't walk out of Denver with a win with how beaten battered that team is right now to not, to not go in there and handle our business and show who we are this week, week one. We have to. There's no other excuses because it's not going to be pretty nice if we walk out of there 0-1 and, and the rest of the division is 1-0. I don't know, Q. I'm not mad. I'm not skeptical. I'm not nervous. I'm not nothing right now. I just want to have a peaceful NFL NFL year for our Raiders mm-hmm. to go out and just play football and put the BS aside and play for us this year, Q. Can't get hyped up today, man. I'm a little down. I don't know what's going on. The vibe is, and this ain't the vibe I want to have this week, man. It's just not. It's not the vibe none of us need to have. So, hey, don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But let's just go out and do our thing on Sunday, and we'll talk about it next week. We'll figure out what's going on from here out. If Chandler's going, if he heard something about moving around, this, none of us know. 
We're all skeptical and worried, just like you are, Vinny. Everyone wants to know. But all we can focus on is the next day and how we can help make the Raiders better. Have a great day, Q. Love y'all. Let's go Raiders! Hey, good call. Passion Raider right there. And, yeah, you know, I, I kind of will, will echo what uh, JT said to start off his show earlier today was, you know, like if Chandler's there, he's there. That's great. If he's not there, then he's not there, and he's got to deal with whatever he's got to deal with, right? And the Raiders are going to deal with it the way they do. But somebody, there's a reason why there's 53 men on the roster. If it's not Chandler Jones, maybe it's Malcolm Koontz. If it ain't Malcolm Koontz, maybe it's Tyree Wilson. If it ain't that guy, it's another guy, right? I mean, that's the reason why they have guys on the roster. And, look, I don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect from Chandler Jones going into the season anyway, especially don't know after what he did last year. So I don't know what's going on in his mind, and I'm sure he's heard all the conversations about he had a poor season last year. I'm sure he's heard a whole lot of everything, and I'm sure all that – plays a little bit of a factor into whatever's going on with him. Again, I'm not worried about him, the football player. I'm worried about him, the man, right? And, and, and especially in a sport like football, we've seen too many situations, too many times when things go a little sideways, get a little wonky, and you feel like maybe the game had a little bit to do with it. Again, I'm not trying to speculate, but just uh, I think this is bigger than football in this situation when it comes to Chandler Jones and the Raiders. And like I said, I'm sure we'll find out sooner rather than later. I My vibe I'm I'm like I'm like that guy that says when you're coming to Vegas, pace yourself, right? My vibe, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> so we still have Thursday, Friday. Uh you start to get that build up Saturday, and then of course Saturday night, everyone's gonna ramp up and boom, be ready to hit it on Sunday. That's kind of the pace that I'm going at, not to mention I'm in Bristol. <laughs> so I've got I've got a lot of traveling still to do to get back to Vegas and put myself in position to watch the game on Sunday and was thinking about going to Denver to cover that, but I think I'm gonna keep my butt at home. I think that that's what's going to happen. I just uh, this all this traveling. Uh, I think I need to have a little bit of time just to go ahead and relax and and take care of my mentals as well. This is something that I'm trying to learn as much as I grind and as much as I work and as much as little sleep as I get. I'm I'm trying to make sure that my mental health stays at a place where it's very manageable and not something that all of a sudden gets out of control. And there's a weird conversation about what the hell's going on with Q. That's the last thing that I need or anybody around me that is a loved one needs. So trying to make sure I do a better job of that. And we all need to make sure we do the best job of taking care of our mentals. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy shields up. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Q, how you doing, brother? I'm blessed. Hey man, for a man born and raised in Connecticut, welcome to Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm about 30 minutes from you man nice um yeah i just want to touch uh i don't want to get too deep into chilling jones but um and i don't want to seem like like i'm callous about this or, or not you know not aware but um there's a man that's been waiting in the wings in the depth chart for a long time and his name's malcolm coots mm-hmm. and he had an exceptional exceptional preseason and I think he's ready to spring. Now, again, it's so fortunate about Chandler. I hope, you know, our beloved organization and him come together on whatever differences, and they should be kept in-house. But um, but that being said, like I said, maybe there's a gem in the rough with Malcolm. He'll have a good game. And and uh, uh, I think the plan overall was to have um, uh, the rookie uh, from Texas Tech to play first and second down and then bring Chandler down in for the pass rushing because uh, the kid's still raw with his pass rushing techniques. But uh, that might not occur given the circumstances now. But um, like I said, Malcolm Koontz might, might shine. And it's about time. Thank you for taking my call, brother. Welcome to Connecticut and Shields up. (laughs) There he goes, man. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the love, my man. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you right now, (laughs) 
Shame on me. Obviously, first time in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, man. I got out of here this morning. Remember, I'm on the East Coast. Right now, it is what time here? 5.23 p.m. So I got out of here last night after rocking the show uh, game night on ESPN Radio. Got out of here probably about 3.45 in the morning. And my mistake is, <laughs> and this is my mistake, my bad. I realized as soon as I got outside to the car, oh, wait, I'm not in Vegas anymore. So as I started to look around for something to eat, I realized nothing's open. Nothing is open. And it's at that at that moment I realized rookie mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake. Why did you not when there's a, a big cafeteria, and I mean a big cafeteria downstairs with all kind of great food, why did you not go and take advantage of that, I don't know, hours ago? And now you're scrambling around looking for some food. So, yeah, there was not any food to be found. So I ended up in the, the hotel that we're staying at at the Double Tree, and I ended up in the little <laughs> where you go and buy like a drink or snacks or whatever and some chips. I bought the worst snack food ever. So I got up pretty early this morning and made sure I got back on it, got over here to campus, and uh, I think I've ate a couple times already today. So I'm good now. I ain't going to make that mistake twice, right? You make that mistake once, ain't going to do it twice. But that was a bad rookie move by me. So <laughs> there you go. You learn. I got I got comfortable in my surroundings that are Las Vegas. Where it never closes. There's always something open. And, yeah, that is not what Bristol, Connecticut is. Now, this is fun. I like being here. But I also like things being open when I have to get out and about around town. One quick text, and then we'll take a break. Sir Whiskey Ray said, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'd like to chime in on yesterday's news on Chandler Jones. I find it sad and disappointing how fans jump the gun so fast, especially on the news of Chandler Jones. I'm hoping he's mentally at a good place, and if not, praying he gets the help right away. I'm on board on how Coach McDaniels is handling the situation. Keep it in-house. On a side note, Messi over the weekend in L.A. was amazing, gentlemen. He's our Michael Jordan of this era. It was a blessing to watch him live in action. Thanks, as always. Looking forward to today's show. That's Sir Whiskey Ray off the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I've been very uh, adamant about the way I felt about the approach and, and the the response that a lot of people had. And it just seems like it's, oh, my God, there's something else. Let's just blame the organization. Oh, my gosh, how come this player is not going out there? He makes millions of dollars. It's just like, hold on, man. Just kind of slow your roll a little bit. We just got to learn to 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 have patience and, and really learn what's really going on before we, like I said, have a knee-jerk reaction and end up saying something. And like I said, I was going to err on the side of caution. If I came back later and it was, you know, Coach McDaniels did something that he didn't like, okay, I'll come back and say, hey, I was wrong. But I was going to let that thing play out before I went and made that call. And it looks like that was a good decision to do just that. Before we take a break, I'll throw the question out there, 69187, keyword R&R. We like to bring a couple topics to the show. Uh, what do you feel like the biggest storyline is going into the season opener against Denver? That was a question that was asked to me earlier today. Q, what's the biggest storyline for the Raiders heading into this game? So I'll ask you, Raider Nation, what do you think the biggest storyline for the Silver and Black is going into this game versus Denver Broncos? And do you think that this Chandler Jones situation could potentially affect the team moving forward as far as the locker room and the chemistry of it? I personally do not, but... Would love to hear from you as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Zach Stevens, DMVR.com. He'll join the show to talk all things Denver Broncos. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. 
This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. To have a successful trip up in Denver on September 10th, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Having a great day, pushing yourself each individual day. And then when you get to Sunday, it makes it easy. Um, but you win the game through the week. And, you know, we're excited to take a little time here and get back and put the foot on the gas and get ready to roll. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Raiders GM Dave Ziegler right there, state of the union, state of the team. He was talking with JT and also with head coach Josh McDaniels just the other day, and he was talking about the process. And I think every really good coach out there, and obviously GM as well, lives by exactly what Dave Ziegler just said. I'm sure Sean Payton does the same thing. You've got to win games uh, during the practice week, right? Everything you do during the practice week determines on what you're going to do on Sundays, and that's what Dave Ziegler was talking about right there. Speaking of the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton, joining us now on the phone lines is Zach Stevens, Bronco beat reporter for DNVR.com, covers the Broncos like a glove. And, Zach, thanks so much for your time. And you just wrapped up with Sean Payton, and I know one of the questions that had to be asked was about Jerry Judy, as I saw on your Twitter that he was out there in some pads and looked like maybe he got a little light practice in. What's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Jerry Judy? Yeah, I got to say, good news for the Broncos, good news for Russell Wilson, so maybe bad news for the Raiders. Jerry Judy was a limited participant today, and this comes just two weeks after Jerry had what looked to be a very serious hamstring injury. I'll tell you, I was at that practice queue, and Jerry pulled up, and typically you can walk off a hamstring injury, like literally walk off uh, back into the training room. Jerry couldn't move. He he couldn't move his leg. It looked like Jerry might be placed on the short-term IR, missed four games, but no, he was out there at practice for the first time today since suffering that injury and I got to say the Broncos only have four receivers on their active roster I think they're counting on Jerry to play this game what is the biggest question maybe it's health what is the biggest question you feel like this Broncos team needs to answer on Sunday my goodness it all revolves around Russell Wilson (laughs) and we're not going to get the full answer on Sunday I guess unless Russell Wilson absolutely tears the Raiders apart but the, the biggest question for this entire season that needs to be answered one way or the other uh, is, did Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Because last year he was a broken Hall of Fame quarterback. Now some even doubt if he's a Hall of Fame quarterback after just right. how bad last year was. It was probably incredible for the AFC West to see Russell Wilson's downfall. But that is the, the question, the answer. But I'll tell you what, it's not going to be from Russ going out throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns. That's not what Sean Payton wants to do. What Sean Payton wants to do is run the rock with Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, and Russell Wilson. So I think we're going to see Russell Wilson run a lot more than we did last year. Again, we're talking with Zach Stevens here, talking all things Broncos as the Raiders are preparing for that road trip week one of the NFL season. And, Zach, how fired up is you know the Bronco fan base? Are they for this week one game? Just to know that preseason's over, training camp's over, and it's the real deal thing coming on Sunday. 
Oh, yeah, they're extremely fired up, just like they are at the beginning of every single season. But I will tell you, there is a cautious, cautious, cautious optimism within this mm-hmm. fan base. People are in wait-and-see mode, and you never really see that with Broncos country. I mean, for, for years, this fan base has been able to get extremely fired up, and uh, the Broncos country is going to be out there in full force this week, but it is just cautious optimism because of what happened last year. Last year, there no one held back. Everyone was as excited as could be. They just got a future Hall of Fame quarterback. They got a new, exciting head coach. That's what people thought at the time. And right. Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, now it's, okay, we do think that Sean can turn Russell Wilson around, but we, we were sold on it last year. We just got to wait and, and see if it's going to happen this year or not. Because people believe in Sean Payton. They just are skeptical if Russell Wilson is the quarterback. But they believe that regardless if it's this year or in a couple of years, Sean will get this thing right. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to go to next, Zach, is you know, I, I believe that Denver is going to be a much better team under Sean Payton. I just think he's that much better of a coach than Nathaniel Hackett. And, hell, I think he's a really good coach. I just don't know how quickly he can get things turned around. And with the Raiders squaring up with them week one, I feel like that that should be almost an – well, I, I do. I feel like it should be an advantage for the Raiders just because, you know, he's still in the building process. What is the kind of timeline? What's the expectations you have for uh, Sean Payton to get this thing turned around? Well, Sean Payton's made it very clear. He's put the pressure on himself for this year. He said he'll be pitched off if the Broncos don't make the playoffs this year. He thinks that this team is ready to make the playoffs. He thinks Russell Wilson was put in a bad situation last year, took a lot of blame off of him. Uh, and so Sean's really put the pressure on himself to make the playoffs. I'm going to go just a little step below that. This team should take a massive jump to where they're competing for a winning record. And uh, that seems like pretty low bar for most teams. But, too, we're talking about a team that has, a, that has the second longest playoff drought in the NFL, only to the New York Jets. The Jets, a lot of people think, are going to break their streak this year and make it into the playoffs. So if the Broncos miss the playoffs this year, they're going to have the longest streak in the NFL. They haven't had a winning season since 2016 when they went 9-7. and seven. I do think they'll be pushing for that. I think they'll get that winning record, probably just make the playoffs, be borderline making the playoffs. Uh, but that's going to be a huge improvement from last year, not just a 5-12 and 12 team that they were last year, but an embarrassment, maybe the biggest embarrassment in the NFL last year uh, on primetime games with their offense, just with the dysfunction going on in the organization. If they get to 9-8 and eight this year, that would be a massive win and so much positive uh, energy going in the right direction moving into next year. Again, we're talking with Zach Stevens, talking about the Broncos as the Raiders prepare for that road trip week one, headed to Denver. And, you know, Zach, one of the conversations that we've had around here quite a bit is uh, what I've heard from multiple people that work out there in Denver closer to the Broncos, that Denver really wanted the Raiders week one. They really lobbied for them. And I don't know if that's a real deal thing or not, but it's something that's been reiterated to me multiple times. Do, do you get any clarity on that, if that really truly did happen? Yeah, I, 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 I've heard a little bit of that. I haven't been able to confirm it, but yeah, I mean, there, there is uh, a distaste for the Raiders, that's right. safe to say. And what flies under the radar nationally and locally is the Broncos have a 15-game losing streak to the Kansas City Chiefs. And because of that, that gets all of the attention. That's really bad. I mean, we're almost talking historically bad. A six-game losing streak to the Raiders, where while the Raiders have had three different coaches, uh, they've had a ton of, of drama and controversy themselves. 
yet it seems like the only time the Raiders are consistent and have everything together is when they play the Broncos. I mean, that that, that might be even more embarrassing for the Broncos than the 15-game losing streak to the Chiefs just because the Chiefs, their worst season with Patrick Mahomes is 12-5. and five. If you lose a lot of games to them, okay, it's not great. But the Raiders, like I mean, you know all the controversy that they've had over oh, the last three years, yet, yet they're undefeated against the Broncos. That's embarrassing. Right, right. No, I know. I know. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned earlier that, you know, the Bronco fan base is really cautiously optimistic. I feel like a lot of Raider Nation, including myself, you know, was cautiously optimistic. I feel a little bit better about the team now that I've seen them in training camp preseason. Kind of feel like I know the direction that they're going. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, early on, I just I really had no idea. I didn't know what the season was going to hold and what it was going to look like. One of the reasons why the Broncos have lost six in a row to, to the Raiders is because of Josh Jacobs. He's back. You know, he didn't have training camp or preseason, but... How do you think uh, Denver goes about trying to slow down J.J.? Yeah, man, there's three guys that the Broncos have just been dominated by on the Raiders, and Josh Jacobs leads the way there. The other two, of course, Devontae Adams had his way with the Broncos in both games last year, and Max Crosby just eats the Broncos' offensive line for lunch every time he plays them. And when it comes to Josh Jacobs, they have to sell out to stop him. And uh, we talked to Justin Simmons today just a couple of minutes ago, and he said that's key number one. We know that there's a couple of talented guys on that offense, Raiders offense, but number one is stopping Josh Jacobs. And they're going to have to fully sell out. Probably the weakest part of this Broncos, I should say the, the part with the biggest question mark on this Broncos, uh, is their front seven, specifically their defensive line, their depth at defensive line. That group is going to have to come up huge and then the other piece, while you're focusing on selling out the run, is you got to slow down. you, you got to contain Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. That's something the Broncos were not able to do, certainly the second time that the Broncos played the Raiders and the, and the Raiders walked off with that Devontae Adams touchdown. They have to contain him. They don't need to stop him, but they can't let him win the game. So if you boil it down as simple as possible, you use nine guys to stop Josh Jacobs, and you use two guys, Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons to slow down Devontae Adams. And if you do that, you got a, you got a really good shot. But it's a lot easier said than done since Josh Jacobs is 7-0 and against the Broncos uh, all time. He has never lost to Denver. Right, and he always has really good games. I've asked him in the locker room myself, like, what is the reason why you have such good games against Denver? And he's like, I don't know. I just think it's those those jerseys or, you know, the rivalry, whatever the case may be. And so, uh, yeah, he gets up for those games against the Broncos. So it's going to be interesting to see how it looks on Sunday. We'll close out with this. Uh, you mentioned Max Crosby and the way that he, uh, you know, handles his business, and Max is – Definitely one of the be- better pass rushers in the league. I mean, really good. I think he's on the on the cusp of even being great. What is it going to take to slow him down, and do you think that uh, the addition of McGlinchey could do that? Yeah, McGlinchey, the Broncos' offensive line, they invested uh, $140 million in the offseason, over $30 million per year on Ben Powers at left guard and Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. And so far, the returns have been questionable at best throughout mm. training camp. There, this, this is going to be a really good run-blocking group. But this is a pass-heavy off or pass-heavy league, and so you're going to have to be able to pass protect. And it's been dicey to say the least during the preseason and in training camp with this Broncos offensive line. So just the the addition of Mike McGlinchey is not enough to slow down Max Crosby, especially if Chandler Jones isn't playing, and you really just have to focus on Max Crosby. I expect if I'm Sean Payton, and I think he is going to give the necessary attention to Max Crosby. They got a, a, a passing or a, a pass blocking tight end 
this year, Chris Manhurts, and he is huge. Uh, there's a reason his name is Chris Manhurts, because he hurts people. <laughs> he's so big. And you, you, you put him out there with, with Mike McGlinchey, with Garrett Bowles, wherever Max Crosby is, you have a big tight end out there to help. You have the fullback and Michael Burton help block. You have Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan out there. You have to give protection to him because in eight games against the Broncos, Max Crosby has 11 sacks. The Broncos in full season don't have a 10-sack uh, player since 2018. Max Crosby has 11 sacks in the eight games he's played the Broncos. Wow, there you go. That's a nugget right there. That's something to definitely uh, hold on to and think about. Uh, that's a hell of a performance for Max Crosby against Denver. Obviously, J.J. has a great game, and so does Max, as you mentioned a little while ago. Zach Stevens, DMVR.com, cover the Broncos like a glove. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Man, just following the injuries, what's going on with the Broncos. Javante Williams, he's a big one that I'm sure the Raiders' defense is keyed in on. Sean Payton just told us uh, that Javante is going to have a big role this week. We were curious how they were going to use him, if they were going to slow roll him. It does not appear that way. And then Jerry Judy, these are going to be two X factors for the Broncos' offense, not just in week one, but for the season. There you go. Well, good stuff, man. Thanks so much for giving us some time. I know you had to move things around for Sean Payton, but he is the head coach, so sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Zach, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you being flexible and having me on. Always enjoy the conversation. No doubt about it. There you go. Zach Stevens right there at DMVR.com talking about the Broncos, and uh, he's pretty high on the team. He's pretty high on the turnaround from Sean Payton and says that Sean Payton – is saying that he believes the team should be a playoff team. And, and, you know, that's what he's supposed to say. Can he go out there and turn it around that quick, fast, in a hurry? I'll be interested to see that. I don't think it turns around that fast. I just don't believe that things happen just like that. But, you know, we've seen, we've seen stranger things happen. So uh, many thanks to Zach for giving us a few minutes of his time. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back over the Raiders' uh, injury report for Wednesday. Of course, they'll get one today, Thursday, and Friday. Then we'll find out who's in and who's out about 90 minutes before kickoff. Come Sunday, this is Radio Nation Radio 920. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, and the campus of ESPN will be here till Friday morning. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r What would you say the biggest storyline is going into this season opener versus the Denver Broncos? And little side note, do you feel like this Chandler Jones situation could affect the team moving forward, like the chemistry in the locker room? Got a couple texts that I want to get to real quick. Again, at 69187, keyword r uh, This one is from the 949. What's up, Q? Storyline for me is Jimmy G. I've made comparisons to when the Raiders signed Gannon. So does a healthy Jimmy G with all the talent on offense work this year? That's a really good question. Uh, thank you for the text. And the one thing I've been saying is this is going to be probably the most talented offense that Jimmy G has had to work with. Now, I'll say this. He had plenty of talent in San Francisco. Don't Let's not get it twisted. But as far as wide receiver goes, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver. It's not even close that he's ever played with. And in his words, he said that. I mean, without ex- exactly saying it just like that, he's basically alluded to the fact that Devontae is the best wide receiver he's ever played with. And so I think that that's going to help him. I think that the tight end, Michael Mayer, is going to help him, especially in the red zone. And we know that Jimmy is really good in the red zone. I think that's going to help the Raiders. And a guy like Jacoby Myers, who just makes himself available, gets open. Hunter Renfro, what does he do? He just finds a way to get open. That's a lot of good things to like right there. And, oh, by the way, you got number eight back. You got number. You got Josh Jacobs and uh, what he's able to bring to the table. I think the offense is going to be just fine. I really do. But, 
maybe Jimmy G does have a resurgence uh, like Gannon, like you mentioned, you know, kind of be that journeyman guy and then all of a sudden joins the silver and black and turns into a league MVP. And I know that Jimmy had the franchise uh, contract there in San Francisco, but, you know, he was the guy that was the guy until he wasn't, right? So maybe maybe he could find a home with the Raiders and really do some some really good things and, and help this team win a bunch of games. So we'll see sooner rather than later. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, brother? What's up, man? Sheeran, Connecticut. So you're used to this hot weather. This is nothing for you, right? No, yeah, this is nothing. Horrible. (laughs) And, you know, smart career move you made not going, not sticking with UPS or FedEx. It's all the same. (laughs) Um, Just want to see what's in White, if he's good. You know, Garvin over gets gets hurt, but I want to see him get up playing time. Start him early. And I don't want Denver to be too bad. I mean, Wilson's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I just don't want Denver to get Caleb Williams. I'd rather him go to the Cardinals. That's been a, uh, that that team has been cursed for a long time. Let him go somewhere. They're going to have a, two number one picks, and I get the wide receiver from Ohio State. I've already gone off topic here already. Didn't say or or Denver. No, I'm tired. They got they they wheel in uh, Peyton Manning. He didn't even play that well, and he got himself another Super Bowl because he's the guy that lost to. Um, now the name escaped the bad quarterback from Florida. I forgot um, his name. But anyway, I want Denver to have a decent year, but not make the playoffs. Got you. Got you. Thanks, Mitch, for the call. I appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, when Peyton was there, I mean, they, they found ways to win, right? He was a really good quarterback, and then he wasn't a really good quarterback. But then they had a real outstanding defense. Uh, well, when he went and won that Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. So thanks so much for that call. And, you know, I hope that the Raiders start out this season 1-0. I hope they have their way with Denver and continue to have their way with Denver as they've had uh, for quite a while now, right? Like I said, six six wins in a row, six out of the last seven they've won, whatever the case may be, seven out of eight, whatever it is. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs has had a lot of good success against the Broncos, as you heard from Zach Stevens, so has Max Crosby, and uh, would love to see that continue come Sunday. Looking at the Raiders injury report, only three guys listed on the report for Wednesday, DeAndre Carter, Brandon Faison, and Chandler Jones. Uh, with DeAndre Carter, it's a knee injury. He was limited. Uh, Brandon Faison has a shin injury, did not participate. Chandler Jones obviously was not at the facility, as you heard from head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today. Those are the only guys on the injury report for the Silver and Black and for the Denver Broncos. Uh, the tight end, Greg Dolchik, uh, he didn't practice. It was a personal day for him, according to head coach Sean uh, Sean. Peyton, wide receiver Jerry Judy with the hamstring injury, was limited. Uh, tight end Chris Manhurts, as uh, you heard from Zach Stevens, as a chest injury, he was limited. And then cornerback Riley Moss with an abdomen injury, he was limited. So, again, we'll get another report on Thursday, another one on Friday, and we'll find out the official game status 90 minutes before kickoff come Sunday. Uh, one more text. Uh, this is from Keith in Sonora Cali. I think this Chandler Jones situation is going to bring this team together. They're going to fight and play hard for their brother, their teammates. Let's go Raiders. And, you know, that that's a very strong possibility. Again, he's a guy that's very much loved in that locker room, especially by guys like Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs and, you know, other guys like Amik Robertson that were there last year playing alongside of him on that defense that swore up and down how important he was to the success of that defense. And even though that defense wasn't very successful, they, uh, they continue to say and sing his praises of what he was able to do as far as his leadership and what he meant to the team. So, you know, Keith, you're onto you're onto something. You know, they might really kind of rally around each other, right? Guys like Tyree Wilson may feel like that they have to step up, you know, play at a higher level. You know, we had Shields up calling earlier talk about Malcolm Coons. Maybe Malcolm Coons all of a sudden gets his opportunity to go out there and shine. And you know, uh, Shields up and mentioned that he's had a really good preseason, and he has. 
right? He was a, he was a guy that was really non-existent early in training camp, and all of a sudden it flipped the switch, and then he had a really good preseason. I don't know if that translates into the regular season, but I was pretty impressed that he was able to turn things around when I didn't think that he was going to be around very long. So uh, good stuff right there. Thanks, Mitch, for the call. Appreciate the text. Coming up as we kick off hour number two, we've got Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. She'll join us to talk all things NFL. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.